0: Uh, We have a very, to me, exciting subject about our glorified body uh, in heaven and uh, moving to a new home, being transferred from uh, earth to heaven and from a mortal body of flesh to a body will be transformed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, changed just like Jesus Christ. Amen, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one, and shall we stand pleased for the reading of God's word? It says, "For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven." If so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit." Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that, whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. All right, this is, uh, well, the older you get, uh, these doctrines uh, are more and more important. I want to talk about our house from heaven made without hands. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless the message. Uh, We yield Your Spirit. We pray that He would lead and guide us and bless the message uh, to our hearts. Help us to study, to show ourselves approved unto Thee. Help us to realize the blessed hope, the eternal hope of eternal life. And one day, You're going to call us home. We'll have a body just like the body of the Lord and will live eternally and the corruptible shall put on incorruption and the mortal immortality and the last enemy is death we pray that your spirit would help us to preach and hear the word and we ask these things in jesus name Amen. amen and you may be seated you know the doctrine is so clear, it is so simple and profound, but yet sad to say, even many church members and those who hear preaching uh, quite often just simply are still confused about uh, what what is going to happen to us when we die, and really. I say this all the time, what is this thing called life? You know, life is a mystery. And so the Bible tells us that to be absent from the body, if you're saved, is to be present with the Lord. So we know that purgatory is a lie. Uh, There's a religion that teaches you may have to go to purgatory for a while Have some of your sin burn off until, you know, and it's none of this is specific. They don't tell you for how long or to what degree, but we know the Bible truth Uh, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. Now, if we're going to understand where we are going, we need to understand who we are And in order to understand who we are, very simply, we need to know where we came from, that God made us in His image, actually technically made Adam in His image. We're made in the image of Adam. But we are a trichotomy, if you will, a body and a soul and a spirit. This is what 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 teach us. It's in many other places in the Word of God. We are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, I want to say this, and you need to get your thinking biblically. You are not your body. You know how many people think that their body is their whole life? They are slaves to the lust of the flesh. They've been taught this. They dwell on it. They make it top priority. Uh, they think they're their body. No, your body is a house your soul lives in. You need to get your doctrine right, biblically. When you study it, the soul looks just like the body. Uh, some um, theologians call it the I think it's the sukial body or the soul, the psyche body. But the the body has uh, the soul. Body has ears, has a tongue, has eyes. It has desires. It gets thirsty. It also gets hungry. It has hands and feet, just like our physical body. So, first of all, we need to know who we are. You are a living soul that God made in His image, and you live in a physical body that is a physical, visible representation in this life of the invisible soul body, and God gave you a spirit that keeps your body alive. And when you take your last breath, this body of flesh will die ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and that soul is moving to a new body. We need to get ready. In the Bible it says, prepare to meet thy God. Really, all this life is, is a preparation for the life to come. Eternity. And the Bible says that we will receive rewards based upon the deeds done in this body since we've received Christ. And our works will be tried by fire at the judgment seat of Christ. But if we're going to understand eternity... We need to understand creation. And if we're going to understand that in the present time in which we live, we are a soul living in a body of flesh by the spirit that God has basically lent us. There is a verse that says, shall shall we not be in subjection to the father of spirits? And live. And that is the word for breath or the word for wind. Now, if you want to live a healthier life, you got to learn to breathe. You got to learn to breathe properly. You need to know how God made you. And God breathed into Adam's nostrils what? The breath of life. And he became a living soul. But there's major problems because people have misplaced priorities, or they simply are ignorant willingly or unwillingly of the Bible doctrine that they think for some reason they are their body. That's all they think about is their body. No, it is the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. Jacob said, Um, or I'm sorry, Isaac said, "...it was the savory meat which his soul loveth." You know your favorite food? You think your stomach has a mind and it loves it? No, your soul loves it. Your soul lives in your body. And, And so your soul is connected to that. But when you get saved, the Bible says, "...we are circumcised from the flesh." When you trust Christ as your Savior, you're born again, baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit baptism, and then you are circumcised from the flesh. You are cut away from it so that now you have a decision to make. Will you yield to the Spirit, walking in the things of the Spirit, that you would not fulfill the lust of the flesh, and so that then... The fruit of the Spirit is produced in your life. We've been talking about this last couple of weeks in GN, that temperance is a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control. You know why most people, that they're out of control, literally. They eat too much. They sleep too much. They think about the wrong things. They're doing the wrong things. Their body is going to the wrong place. Their hand's picking up the wrong thing. They're looking at the wrong, listening. Uh, Why? Because they don't have the fruit of the spirit, which is self-control temperance. But the greater, deeper truth there is temperance is when God takes control of your life, not where you simply try to get more discipline and a work ethic. So the body is what? The home of the soul. There's a song in the old American hymn church book, hymnal we sing at Rolla, the home of the soul. Uh, yeah, not just heaven, but that's where the new body is going to live throughout eternity, the home of the soul. But the soul is going to get transferred or moved to a new body. And so death is not the cessation of life. It's entering into the next life, eternity, and the soul will move to the new body. I remember when we were kids, uh, we lived in Irving, Texas. It's, a, it's in between Dallas, Fort Worth, and the Metroplex, and uh, lived there my, most of my life. We lived in Oklahoma a while, but my dad said, son, I've got some news. You may not understand it. You may not like it. And I said, well, what is it, dad? He said, I'm accepting a job. I'm being transferred to Corpus Christi. And, uh, I said, what? I'm I'm not leaving. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, you are. And and I, I never forgot when we drove across the, uh, Harbor bridge and it stunk like dead shrimp. You know, I've I never been around. i would never been to the beach. You know, so what, you're moving me to this place that stinks like a dead fish. And uh, I'm coming from the great Metroplex home of the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, uh, it, it was a shock. And it really had a I didn't adjust very well. I made some very bad decisions. Uh, but it, it was it was very hard. You know, transfer is hard when you move all the time. Uh, what does the Bible say? You know, if you don't grow some roots and settle down, you're never going to produce fruit. You can't be a tumbling tumbleweed and go whichever the way the wind blows. And I've seen them on our vacations out west. You'll see this dead ball, you know, just come blowing across. There, There's your average professing Christian. Blown with every doctrine of wind, going whichever way, the wind blows. So you think about it. The older you get, and, and, and I've realized that youth has vanity, uh, the Bible says. And that's why it's good for a child to bear the yoke in his youth. You make your kids work hard, get a work ethic. Don't give them the pass that they're young. Uh, your job as a parent is to train them up in the way they should go. So when they're old, they'll not depart from it. But it's to prepare them for life. And what is life? It's a test. And you better grow some roots. You better, it, Jesus said, "You, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You abide in me, let my words abide in you, that you may bring forth much fruit, and that your fruit would remain, and that's what glorifies God. But the older we get, you know, and I know some of us here, we, your body starts letting you down, you know, pains. Uh, I started listing my, my injuries at, the, uh, at this exact time. Let's see, I have, I think I have four pretty major ones. Uh, you say, how'd that happen? Well, I did it to myself. Uh, you, know what the, you know what the Chinese call that? You cracked your limb. Whatever you do, you don't want to crack your lamp. So, what does that mean? The oil's going to leak out. You want to protect yourself the best you can. Don't take risks, uh, unnecessary uh, things in life. So, the older you get, you know, you, you can't see as good as you used to. Last night, my wife, we were looking at something. She goes, Is that blurry? Yeah. You know, and I said, yeah, on that one, they made it blurry on purpose. Feel good about yourself on that one. But, you know, sometimes you're, I just don't have the focus I used to. I just can't see as good as I used to. And then, you know, your are here, your ears, you know, and, and I've heard that almost everybody, one of the orifices in your ear is smaller than the other ones. You know, has, has anybody heard that? Anybody I got this one smaller than this one on me. It gives me trouble. You know, it really does. I'm getting sick and tired of it, too. But uh, uh, that that song we sing, I'll have a new body, praise the Lord. You know, we, we have an eternity, the home of the soul, to look forward to as a blessed hope to have a glorified body just like the one you have now but just like the one of Jesus Christ. Absolute perfection. You know, we're going to be able to walk through walls, travel at the speed of thought, transcend time and space, go through different dimensions. Some people say there's nine dimensions. I know it's just a theory. Uh, How would they know? But just like Jesus Christ. Now, the older we get, the more we experience, the more aged we become, the more injuries we have, the more sickness, the diseases that we are in uh, inflicted with, we are reminded that the body is the home of the soul. And when the body breaks down, you know, and we really need to pray for one another. Our health is I say it all the time, health is very very important. Most people don't care about themselves until it's too late. Or, you know, and I was talking to somebody that came yesterday to the harvest fish. She's a personal instructor. We're, uh, we're talking about uh, most people don't care. Their body wears out and breaks down. And then, you know what's sad? Most people don't even care then. They don't do anything about it. But the, the goal is to prevent Sickness and disease. You're not supposed to ignore yourself till you get sick and worn down, then try to do something about it. The wisest way to live is to prevent it so that, why? Because we serve God with this body, and the more works you do for God, and the more time you have for God, and the more energy you have for God, the more you will glorify God, and the more uh, rewards you're going to get in heaven. Why would you want to be weak and frail and anemic? So Paul, in the text, he is assuring the Corinthians about the home of the soul. And he plainly says, there is a body God has for us made without hands, and and it plainly says that it is our home In heaven, our house at the end of verse 2, which is in heaven and from heaven. And it says that we will never be naked. We will always be clothed. So, who's he talking to? Christians. Now, you need to know the difference between the saved and the lost. He's talking to Christians here. We will never be naked. You know, and there's some uh, mysteries here. We were talking about some really weird stories recently. People have seen ghosts of people that they thought were saved. Now, I'm not judging. I don't know. But the Bible says we'll never be naked. To be absent from the body is what? To be present with the Lord. Now, I'm not judging and I don't know. Mysterious things. But according to this verse, saved people will never be unclothed. There'll never be a soul, a ghost. You know why they, uh, the disciples were rowing on the, the water, remember? And they saw an image. They thought it was a ghost walking on the water. It was like translucent and smoky, but it was the shape of a human form. And Jesus, remember, they invited Jesus in the ship. He said, it is I Be not afraid. And Peter walked on the water by one word of God, come. And we have the whole word of God right there. And most people are totally defeated. He walked on water by one word of God. You you mark it down. When you're beginning to lose it, you took your eye off of him. You quit living by faith and looking at his face. And the Bible says every time you look into this book, you're looking into the face of Jesus Christ. Now we see through a glass darkly, but one day we'll know even as we are also known, and we shall see him face to face. That's why there's a special crown of rejoicing to those who love his appearing. And what does it say? When we see him, we shall be like him. And what does that mean? We will have a body just like his. Now, I want to go through this, make some statements. I might be a little bit redundant, but this is very simple, but very, very important. Um, So we can build the foundation, line upon line, precept upon precept, and build upon it. So number one, as we mentioned, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, man is a threefold being. We are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Know who you are. Do you So when you have a battle in life, is it a soul problem or is it a body problem? Don't blame soul problems on your body and don't blame body problems on your soul. And don't blame it on your husband or wife. <laughs> That's what most people do. Uh, don't blame it on the weather or the economy or the government. Know the problem. So as we've looked at a few weeks ago, uh, John prayed. He said, my beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health physically as thy soul prospers. So the soul can cause physical health. Your soul can affect you adversely and cause you weakness and sickness by making bad decisions, by dwelling on bad emotions You know, if you're angry all the time, or if you're too excited, or if you live in grief and sorrow, or if you're afraid all the time, that's going to affect your health. If you doubt and don't believe God, that's going to affect your health. So know who you are. You are a body and a soul and a spirit. And I say it again, you are not your body. You know, that was worth coming for today. I know you don't believe that. If you would have realized you're not your body, it'll solve a lot of problems in your life. You are a soul that looks just like this body, living in this body. And you're supposed to use this body to serve Him, and He's going to give you a body one day just like His. What's? So simple, but so deep. Most people, all they, right now, there's probably people in this room worried about what your body's going to put in this mouth so that your peristalsis can take over in your throat so you can work it down to your stomach and your digestive system. I got good news for you. It'll soon all be over now. Uh, We won't be here much longer. So what does the Bible say? Number two, the wages of sin is death. It is the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. Why? Because volition is in your soul, not your body. Your body doesn't make decisions. Though some of you think it does. I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. We live like little kids. You're supposed to be bigger and better than that. I'm tired. What is your soul? Your soul is to take control of this body. To have some... Self respect and some uh, discipline. So it's the soul that decided to sin. So the soul's going to die. Now, the Bible teaches us that there's two deaths first death, second death. First death is when the soul dies and the body returns to dirt or dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But if you die in your sin, unforgiven, you will die two times, the second death, which is the lake of fire. And so your new body will be in the lake of fire and your soul will move there. And that's where you're going to live eternally. I hope you heard that. Now there's some good news. Why wouldn't you accept it? You don't have to do that. The good news is Jesus Christ died, was buried, rose again, shed His blood. So you don't have to do that. If you will receive, and and it's better than that, it's free. Through His work, it's a free gift, Romans 6, 23. Through faith. Why wouldn't you receive that today? So next basic statement, the body, the soul, and the spirit die because of sin. Your spirit cannot communicate with God. Your body begins to die immediately. You know, the old, uh, you remember that song, Jesus was born to die on Calvary? G- God, I love that, that old song, um, God grew the tree that Jesus died on. You know, the second a child is born, they're dying and, you know, that's why we cut our fingernails, have to cut our hair. That's why you look in the mirror and there's another wrinkle. You go, what? Where did, what is going on here? Uh, that, that's why your back starts hurting. That's why you get problems with your structure and your skeletal fortitude and organs begin to let you down. And there's imbalances in your body. Your immunity system is not very strong. All these things begin to happen because sin brings death. So, as I mentioned earlier, number four, very simple. Death is not the cessation of life. It doesn't mean it like the heathens say, you know, it's just like I never was, so I better live it up now. And uh, I, I know a man, he's a very famous art dealer. He lives in uh, Denver, Colorado. His great, great, great grandfather preached the first Protestant sermon in the Republic of Texas. He traces his line all the way back. And uh, he said, man, you must be a great Christian. He goes, nah, that's a bunch of, I don't believe anything. He goes, when you die, it's just like you never were. He goes, I'm going to have as much fun as I can. I'm living it up. And, and the last time I talked to him, he was going to Tibet to try to go into these caves where the Buddhist monks made these shrines. and He was risking his life going way back in there in the Himalayans, I believe it is. And uh, he was trying to look for a Yeti. No. One of those abominable snow monsters. Um, but um, He said, "That's all over." Hey, when when somebody tells me that, you know, only fools argue with the fool. I never argue. I just say, "All right, we'll see who's right pretty soon. We'll see who's right. You just believe that, and we'll see where you wake up. Are you going to wake up in hell with on fire with your new body? Are you going to wake up in the glories of heaven?" Uh, with a body transformed just like the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll soon all be over now. So, to go back to the beginning of our message, the body is a home that our soul lives in, looks just like it. Uh, so, what does 1 Corinthians teach us about the great resurrection chapter? The Bible says, A corn of wheat, except it die, it abideth alone. Now that's talking about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. When He was buried for three days, this, and then rose again, this brought the eternal production of the nature of the fruit of Almighty God, and all those who believe in Him will be made like Him, And He reproduced Himself by bringing forth much fruit. So we are born again of the Word of God, the incorruptible seed, which liveth and abideth forever. But then what does it say? That our body is a seed. And when you die, it is planted. And that's what it says in Romans 6. If we be planted together with him, we also shall be raised together uh, with him. It's like our body's like a seed. Now, when we wake up in glory, so here's what happens very simple. We will never be naked, though this body of flesh dies and is planted, to be absent from the bodies present with the Lord in a moment. You know, we can't even imagine the speed it takes a light to reflect off our eye. In a twinkling of an eye, that's not fast enough. We will be with the Lord. So what did Paul say in 1 Thessalonians 4? That they which are dead shall rise first. So, at the rapture, those in heaven already with the Lord are going to come back to their body. Their body is going to be raised just like Jesus Christ. The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain, those who are still on the earth, will be caught up together, and we will be changed as we go up. And it says, "So shall we ever be with the Lord." But it will be recognized. So, if you plant uh, a corn of wheat, it looks like wheat. If you plant an apple seed, it'll put put its out apples uh, orange seeds puts out oranges, even though these new, uh, Thompson seedless grapes are not really supposed to be there because they're man-made concoctions. And, uh, you know, these great oranges we love that they spray paint orange, you know, that spray paint on there and it peels real easy and there's no seeds. Uh, the Bible says that if there's no seed in it, it's confusion. Because everything God made produces after its kind. I know some of us don't like to hear that. That's in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. They have engineered that. I don't know how they do it. Um, Some horticultural way to get away uh, from the inconvenience of uh, seeds. But what does it say? The seed is in itself. And when you get planted, you're coming up. You know what they used to say in the, the old West days? Hey, you say that again, you're going to be pushing up daisies. No, you're going to get planted six foot under, you're going to be pushing up daisy. It was a death threat. So when did you really die? You say, well, when, uh, when I breathe my last breath and this body died. That's when your body dies. See, you're not your body. Boy, I wish we could get this straight. When did you die? The split second. You put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You were baptized into what? His death. Read Romans 6. So you were buried with Him. You died. The old man died. But what happened? Glory to God. You raised with Him from the dead to walk in newness of life. So, one of the ordinances of the, you know, water baptism, it doesn't save you, it's an ordinance, it's a visual picture of the spiritual baptism that you died with Christ, you rose with Christ. So, I've been dead since 1982. You're looking at a dead, resurrected man. What is it? It says in Galatians 2. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It says, now I live, nevertheless, not I, but Christ in me. So I think the young, and, and we're all guilty of this, are prone to not take it serious because they think they have a lot of time. And, I, you know, I, I've told you many times, I remember when I was a little boy, I thought there was old people and young people. You know, I was that big. You know, and this, I've, I've said it many times, the story that sticks out in my head, I was with my Aunt Betty in Dallas, Texas, and uh, my dad's twin, and this old elderly people cut us off, and, and we were trying to get somewhere. You know, somewhere stupid. We're trying to get to the ice cream place or don't, I don't know, something and and all the kids in the car well they won't get out of the way and look, they're bucking traffic and I never my aunt says children you don't understand this yet they're elderly and I'm telling you one day you're going to be elderly and you may not think it but you're getting older every second that ticks on that clock. And you better respect your elders because you're going to reap what you sow. And I see all these punko kids disrespecting their parents and grandparents and watch what happens, what their kids do to them. Yeah. I heard some stories yesterday. They don't respect, yeah, yeah. Look what their parents are teaching them about their grandparents and adults. And when they get old, boy, they're going to reap it. Uh man. So look. Man, my back. What was that? Man, I got a pain right there. Yeah. This body is wearing out. You know, you know what the what would be great? You take care of your body, you get a lot of energy, you serve God, and you go up to meet him in the air. Praise the Lord. And you receive the things done. In your body, whether they be good um, or bad. So let's think about this in conclusion. I'm just being, this is as plain as you can get. You're looking at a body that's a house of a soul. And the old saying, the eyes are the light of the soul. You know, you look into the soul. Somebody devil-possessed will have cold black eyes. Cold black, no feeling, no emotion, Um, psychopathic, just absolute, no empathy, no compassion. Can't even relate to anybody else all about them. But you're looking at a body that's the home of the soul. And the only thing keeping this body alive is God gave me a breath to keep breathing. That's That's the reality of life. And when this body takes the last breath, I mean this, these lungs, this body's going to dirt, and the soul's going to heaven. And I'll never be naked. And if you're saved, you'll never be naked because love covers sin. And at the rapture, we're going to come back down, resurrect with our glorified bodies, and go up to meet the Lord in the air. And then the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive, hopefully will be still here waiting. We won't have to die. Boy, wouldn't that be great. Uh, but for the lost person, sad to say, they're moving to a new home too. Now, here's the thing. They will be naked. And this is why there's ghosts and spirits for lost people. Because Jesus said, fear not him who's able to kill the body. Matthew 10, fear him who's able to kill both body and soul in hell. He did not say spirit. And a soul is a disembodied ghost that, and that's why people see these smoky images, orbs, human shapes, translucent, kind of whiffy, moving, because... They don't have the same promise that they would not be naked. And I've seen a lot of them. I don't know if you have. Just start looking at your pictures for orbs and uh, visions and things. But here's the good news. God loves you. And praise the Lord. He sent His Son to live the law for you. And He laid down His life for you. And He shed His blood to pay for your sin. And if you'll just receive what He did for you, you will not have to pay for your sin in a body in hell burning on fire forever and ever and ever and suffer the second death. You can claim that John 14 that He's going to prepare a place for you right now. So think about it. We're getting transferred to heaven. New place in a glorified body. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And this is the simple, harsh reality. This is what life is. You're not your body. You better watch out. Quit catering to your body and don't think your body is you Your body is a house that you live in. The real you is a soul that looks like your body. And Jesus Christ died so that you could have a new body. And I said, We'll have a new body. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed.